I'm 18 minutes after 70 with SAFM. Mbali and Tuli is the CEO and founder of the Groundwork Collective, looking at people who vote, people who don't, and I suppose in a way, uh, younger people. Mbali, uh, good morning to you. Thank you for your time. We have 27 million people in South Africa registered to vote, 14 million people who are over the age of 18 who are not registered to vote, and most of them are young. Do you think any of them are going to go and register, take the trouble, go online and show up? Or are we going to have another election where, despite everything, young people stay away? Good morning, Stephen. Thank you for having me. So in the last registration weekend, we saw that 78% of the new registries were young people. It still is obviously a drop in the ocean in comparison to the 14 million that are eligible. Um, but I think that now that we also are in campaign season, we'll see a bit of a pickup in this particular registration weekend that we've just come out from. Certainly the work that we have been doing has seen an increase um, from last year's uh, registration weekend. I do think, though, that this is a long-term problem. This is not something that we think can be solved overnight. It has to be a strategy that we take as being part of something that we do in South Africa in between elections. Otherwise, we're never going to get to even denting this number slightly. And yes, young people are put off by the political elite and the political theatrics, but there also just hasn't been a concerted enough effort since 1994 to have civic education and to make sure that this is at the very top of our priorities politically um, outside of parties. I mean, if it's just older people who vote, doesn't that change the outcome of the election? And, and famously, Britain wouldn't have voted for Brexit if younger people had voted. <laughs> yes, obviously right now it's still uh, the older age cohorts that are that are voting in bigger numbers. But what we do see from the statistics is that when young people register, particularly if you catch them before their first uh, time that they're eligible, they actually also come out at 82% um, uh, you know, at, at, at a rate of 82%. And so that's really encouraging because it says it's, if you can get young people in that particular cohort between uh, sort of 16 or 18 when they're about to need to vote, you're likely to have lifelong voters. What we haven't seen is more of an effort of that. But yes, I think that the messaging should be that young, young people should understand that more of them actually could change the outcomes of the election and get their their issues on the agenda if they actually made a concerted effort to organize and register and then vote. It's interesting that we have, um, Mbali, and I'm, I know you'll have noticed, there's so many new parties, some of them with quite sort of younger leaders, but I say mm. that by young, I suppose I mean in their 40s, which is not young at all. Um, and yet I don't know if they're attracting younger people. I mean, I understand that, you know, people might look at sort of the more established parties and think, well, you've got a, a pretty old leader. I'm not that interested. But a fresh, young, new political party, I thought, might bring in some more sort of fresh, younger voters. And that doesn't seem to be happening. I think there's a lot of things that new parties have to do. They obviously have to register new voters, which are going to be part of their own constituency, which is incredibly expensive. And this is why we also don't see a lot of political parties doing it, because the return on investment, at least previously to them, didn't really make sense, especially if you knew that the majority of your votes were coming from older voters or rural voters. That's where you went after it. And a new political party just simply doesn't have the money to go head-to-head with established parties on registering new voters and also then campaigning and also doing all the other things that require... Uh, a, a lot of resources to set up a political party. But yes, I, I don't think it's also enough just to have a young leader. I think young people want more than that because we do have some young leaders, one who's probably um, the leader of the third biggest party in the country. Um, but that doesn't necessarily always guarantee that young people are going to come to you. It, there needs to be 
messaging that actually speaks to them and issues that are on the agenda for them that they care about. And I think that that's what we haven't seen from political parties. They just haven't really cracked really understanding this demographic and being able to appeal to them. And age alone is not going to do it. The the impact on the outcome, I mean, if older people vote at a sort of guess, I would say that's probably good news for the ANC and the DA. If younger people vote, I suppose that's good news for the EFF. I mean, that's probably very crude, uh, just a sort of gut view. But do you think we could see that kind of impact on our elections? Not necessarily. A lot of the young people that we speak to, and we also do a lot of focus groups, um, actually are quite put off by all three of the established political parties. Their problem and their concern is who else is there. And I think, again, that's going to be the work for the new entrants into the markets to really do a great job of trying to reach these young people because they're saying that we don't like the status quo, we don't like the way they've behaved and the way that they do things, but we're also not sure or know enough about who else there is. And so that's also a part of the reason why they opt out of this um, particular thing. And I, and I remember when I was the DAUC that we used to clean campuses and get numerous votes at SRC, which I see is what the EFF is doing now, but that didn't guarantee that those all those voters would then automatically vote for the DA. So I don't think we've had enough election cycles to be able to draw that correlation, but certainly it's overwhelmingly clear that young people are saying that the established parties are less likely to get their votes, actually. We keep being told that our politics is going to change. Um, I was talking to Dr. Mtumka a moment ago, uh, looking at a poll that suggests the ANC could fall to 42% of the vote. Um, we're told that, you know, things are going to uh, lead to uh, sort of coalitions, which is going to be a huge change in our politics. Normally, um, uh, maybe it's because I'm old, <laughs> Bali, I get quite cynical when people say everything's about to change. Is this one of those elections where maybe actually quite a lot really is about to change? I think what's going to be most interesting about this election is actually what's going to be happening in the opposition space. I think there's a lot of different parties that are coming up. And I mean, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that all of them will appear on the ballots because we still need to see whether they've had enough signatures. But I think psychologically for the country, if we can actually have those new entrants being able to make a dent, even if it's a 2 or 3%, it gives you hope that there is actually competition. There is the ability for things to still change. There are uh, opportunities for people who may want to look at going into politics and think that, you know, it's a worthwhile thing to do to think, hey, I could also do it or I could join these parties. That could really help. We haven't had that in a long time. I think we've really stayed in a sort of sort of two big party, then three big party state for a really long time. So I think that that excitement is going to be great. I agree with you as as well. I don't think things are going to dramatically change in, in every single aspect. But I think even incremental change to some degree is really going to be good for our our politics, and I look forward to coalitions. I know people think they're messy, but they are absolutely necessary, and we're still teething, um, but for us to be able to get the kind of government eventually that we want. Um, There's another element to all of this, which I think might be important, is, you know, lots of people will look at all of this and get quite gloomy or miserable, but it also shows that our democracy works. If people don't Hmm. like a political party, if it's failing to deliver services, uh, whether it be the ANC nationally or the DA for, you know, losing support in the Western Cape because people feel it's not delivering for them, well, then people are changing their voting behavior. And without that, we don't have a democracy. A hundred percent. Our democracy absolutely works. And what we need to do is become more active participants in it so that it can keep working. Because obviously, as things uh, get more competitive and get more heated, you'll see 
that there'll be a lot more clashes. But we as citizens on the outside looking into our political leaders need to hold them accountable in between elections. And we need to actually have these conversations more often so that everyone knows what's going on. Um, I think it's an exciting time. I think it means that our democracy is working. I'm just incredibly saddened by the declining participation. And that's why we do the work we do at Ground Recollective. We want more people to, to take part in the system so we have a plurality of ideas, of niche issues that are being driven um, in, a, in a really inclusive, diverse parliament. And Bali and Tully, thank you. CEO and founder of the Groundwork Collective, as you know, history also, of course, in the past uh, with the Democratic Alliance. Really do appreciate the time there. 27 minutes after 7.